When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Shitface on the bus. Louise left me, and that son of a bitch over there keeps playing me when he knows I'm shitface. Hey guys, welcome back for episode four of the Beers and Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Mike Allred. Uh, this program is brought to you by the Primetime Sports Talk folks. Um, they do a great job covering all the bases of all the sports in New England. Uh, give them a, ch- uh, a check out on um, Primetime Sports talk.com um preseason football for patriots is coming up uh, i think it's even starting tonight and uh they're definitely uh well into the red Sox, so they got great coverage over there so definitely go check them out uh tonight i have a returning guest but on separate programs uh ian joined me last year uh for some uh i think to kill some time and and maybe a little bit of frustration but um I'm, I'm with Ian Kelly. He's a good friend on the Facebook, uh, and he is living in Florida. Diehard Bruins fan from the the Panhandle State. I think that's what it's called. Am I correct, uh, Ian? Uh, I don't think anybody actually calls it that. We're the Sunshine State. Oh, all right. Well, Florida looks like a Panhandle. It does have a Panhandle. <laughs> it's a significant region. Right. I, I was just trying to mess around. That was a huge funny fail from uh, the, the host today. It- <laughs> I think there is a Panhandle state. I think it's like Oklahoma. 
Oh jeez. Oh, all right. See, that makes sense. That maybe. makes a lot I don't of sense. Really know. There's there's a few that have panhandles, so <laughs> maybe it's just the term we don't use here. Right. How, how's everything going down in Florida? Besides oh, hot. Good. Way too hot, and it's pretty much it. Thunderstorms all the time. The right. usual. Yeah. Uh, no hurricanes this year so far. Knock on wood. Yeah, that's really good. And this it really hasn't even hit peak peak season yet, right? Yeah, they're saying it's they're originally where they're expecting it to be a heavy season but they say because of el nino or something like that it will potentially be less usual so right fingers crossed yeah exactly uh thoughts throughout the whole hurricane season for all you guys down there um so what does a, a florida guy that that is a bruins fan and well first of all you know what let's let's go way back let's go back to our discussion we had in january what made you become a bruins fan uh, all my family's from Massachusetts. I was actually born there, but I grew up in Florida my whole life. Uh, I actually wasn't into hockey for a long time, and then when my brother moved to Denver, he took me to an avalanche game, and it was the most fun I'd ever had at a sports event. So I became a big hockey fan after that, and it was just much easier to follow Boston sports since I followed Boston for everything else. Nice. Nice. That's well done. Um, so what gets you through the off season down in Florida? Uh, I'm still a big baseball fan, so I watch a lot of baseball during the hockey off season. So, not a junkie like not a junkie like me, and try, tries to find as much hockey as possible. No, although I did uh, in the last podcast, I heard you saying about uh, Australian league, and that sounds kind of interesting. I might have to check a couple of those out. It's on YouTube. They they play during the weekend, so so their start time out there. I think it's like twelve hours ahead, or maybe mm-hmm. even more. But their start time um, is like three o'clock in the morning to us. Oh, jeez. So, but but what they do is they 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 stream on YouTube if you're up at three o'clock. But they also release the video three or four hours later. Oh, that's cool. So basically, watch it in the morning. Yeah. So basically, as I'm having my coffee, I watch I watch one of those games, and I'll just bust out a Bruins article, just to you know, and then damn, the day's already over. So that's how I get my fix, you know. That's cool. I do play a lot of uh, hockey on PlayStation 2 when I got the time. So. Nice. I actually want to get back into that. I, I still have the PlayStation 3. I haven't updated to the 4 yet, but I do want to get back into games. Cause that'll probably, that probably gets the season, uh, the offseason, you know, it goes by pretty fast. Yeah, most definitely. What do you think about the uh, the moves, the ruins, or, or the lack thereof? Are you Are you pleased with them at all uh, i i like the moves that we did make they weren't splashy moves i didn't really want us to make splashy moves i was thinking too far forward for the when we were in on Tavares. i was kind of worried that we'd get him and then lose out on too many other guys because we couldn't afford to keep everybody <laughs> i mean he definitely would have made us better in the short term but long term i was kind of worried about what might happen yeah yeah the, you other don't... than that like John Moore, I thought was good. He's not too expensive. He's a guy that say we did need to move in a couple couple of years. He'd be easy to do so because of his contract not being crazy expensive. So I'm not really worried about the length of it. Yeah, yeah, that's a solid. I'm I'm kind of with you, and I know I've probably I'm probably repeating myself, but um, I just I want to see a little consistency. You know what I mean? I I mean a hundred and twelve point season last year was. I mean, I mean, 
basically that season started in the beginning of November for a lot of Bruins fans, and then it ended on a very good note, getting into the playoffs, getting past the first round, and making a second round appearance against Tampa Bay. But regardless, that was a great year. I I, I had one of the greatest freaking times in, in probably within the past five years that year. Most definitely, you know, and even the and the just the. I just don't – all right, and I do get what fans are gravitating to. They're like, oh, my God, we have pieces here to build for next season. Let's offload. Let's get – you know, let's do all these trades and everything. And You know, I, I'm, I'm all for creative minds and everything, but that was one season. I want to get mm-hmm. a little more consistency with these guys, you know, and, and, and explore what they can actually do instead of just saying, well, now you're just a trade asset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, especially, like you said, last year was a whole lot of fun. I don't think – I don't remember any games where at any point I was like, oh, we're out of this game. I might as well just turn it off. I've finished every one of them because they're all – even the games we lost, at least we were close enough to make it exciting still. Yeah, nail-biting wins all year – well, most of the season. But, the, I mean, the, the, the just the way this team came together when one guy went down. Mm-hmm. You know, they get, said it in the locker room during, during interviews. You know, it's that one-man-up mentality – and and they did it very well. Then they didn't have to do it by going out and getting another guy or signing a free agent. They did it within the organization properly. And Jake DeBrusque is a perfect example about that, you know. And and I hate the fact that he's being talked about in so many trade rumors now because after a season like he did, a rookie year, a rookie season. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty much what sets the value on any trade market right now. You want our best yeah. player? Well, we want your best asset. Yep, which is understandable. You can't blame anybody for asking that, but I, I'd be too worried to move him at this point. Yeah, he's just too Unless young. you're getting something really, really good in return, which you better be. If you Otherwise, can't... If you don't see... His is just, just an opinion. If you don't see the productivity that he did last year for the next two years of his entry-level deal or one more year, then I'd have a little bit of concern, and that would probably be the time. And he's young enough. I mean, yep. Christ, if he's like 23 or something like that, my math's not very good. But it, right around that age, you still can move him for a decent return. Oh, absolutely. But and he's still not even sniffing his prime yet, so he really only should move up and get ex- better as long as he's... He appears to have the work ethic to make sure that happens. So. Exactly, exactly. So, um, and it, with with uh, Jesus, with the size of his father, I'm definitely sure that he mm-hmm. can bulk up a little bit more too. You know, yeah. So. I, which he seems strong for his size. If he got any bigger, he'd be a beast out there. Exactly. Um, that was what I was most surprised about his game last year. Is he wasn't afraid to throw the body around. I wasn't expecting that out of a young guy like him right away. Yep. And he was throwing himself in the corners, and that's, that's something interesting that you that you just bring up. I really didn't see that game a lot in the beginning of his first year in the American Hockey League, but he you know, he he seemingly just you know fit right into that type of role, and I think it was just the more coaching he was getting from, um, oh, I can't remember the coach's name now. This is nice. Uh, down in Providence, or yeah, Providence. Uh, I got Kevin Dean on the mind, but he's not the coach there anymore. And I'm thinking Pandolfo, but I don't think that's. Not no, he's up. He's up in the NHL. <laughs> this is terrible. But anyway, um, 
the uh, just just the way he he played down there, and 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 it goes along with because um, the 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 year that the Providence Bruins were having because of the year that the NHL Bruins were having. They were so injured that everybody from down from the NHL to the East Coast Hockey League were all shifting. So Providence was basically you weren't seeing a solid lineup. But when everybody came together, uh, beginning of December, maybe the mid midway point. Uh, to, closer to the holidays of that uh, of that particular year, everybody started to gel and get some chemistry together. And they started yeah. really playing well, and then they marched right into the playoffs and went uh, to the conference final, which they got blown away by Syracuse. But regardless, you know that's when his game came in. When he saw everybody was buying in, I didn't know he was trying. He was still giving a hundred percent, but when everybody else was buying in, you saw his game escalate just mm-hmm. just immensely. Yeah, there's a lot of guys to emulate that game off of too on the team. Oh, sure. Guys like Backus, who've been doing that their whole career, so it kind of helps when you see everybody else on the team doing that. You want to get it on the action as well. Interesting. Good segue right there because I'm just doing this stuff on the fly, so bear with me. But the Backus, the Backus conversation has been brought up a lot lately. Where are you on that? I mean, do you do you see both sides of the coin? If you can move them, you can move them, or if you keep them for the leadership and 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 toughness that he can bring uh, while you're trying to insert younger players for the next couple seasons. Because he's, I believe, he's still on the contract for three more years. Yeah, he's. I am right, kind of in the middle of that. I, I love the guy. I love his effort. He obviously is a huge benefit having that veteran leadership. Um, I not a huge fan of the contract i try not to pay attention to it you know during the season it's not really my concern as long as he's playing in the game as hard as what he always does however if there's an opportunity to move him to make space for somebody else i would not be against doing that either you know what i mean I, he's the kind of guy i feel like other teams younger teams especially would be interested in some at some point yeah. so maybe if we had to package him along with somebody else to move him make room for somebody else i wouldn't be totally against it but i'm a, i'm also happy with what he brings i know Last year, he didn't have the best year, but he was injured for a couple of decent stretches. I think he was, what, like half a point per game, which isn't terrible for a guy his age on the third line. It's pretty decent, I think. But And that was his first year, right? Uh, I think this is the second year, too. He did, it was very similar production, just okay. less game, so it okay. looked worse. Nice. I, 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 I like the guy. I really do. I like what he brings. I What I really do is I look at the bench, and I, I – when he goes off, he's always communicating. Um, mm-hmm. Whether the body language tells you that the player accepts it or rejects it, I, I, you know what's funny, and I hate talking out of school, but when he used to talk to like Frank Fatrano, I think Frank kind of blew him off a couple times on the bench. Like you know, maybe he was just having a really bad game that particular time, mm-hmm. but Backus was like tapping him on the shoulder, like you know, hey, hey, and he kind of like, I know, you know. And kind of looked down the ice, like didn't want to accept the, uh, uh, you know, the criticism. But uh, you know, he does give it on the bench. He's always there talking and so on. You know. Yeah, I think Fatrano specifically was he was in his own head too much. I think he, uh, I think he put so much pressure on himself, he just couldn't be the player he is. Yeah, we were talking about that not too long ago. I think it was um, with Brian from the Ride the Pine. Uh, podcast. Those guys do a great job, by the way, and I highly recommend you listen. Do you listen to those guys? Uh, I think I've checked them out once after your recommendation, but before that, I had not. 
subscribe, uh, listen, and enjoy, my friend. They are very good and they're very funny. Uh, don't have the kids around. That's my suggestion. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it. Not to get off topic, but it's it's just a refreshing podcast to go from. And I'm not saying what we do is, is terrible, but. I like going on with those guys. I can like break out a little bit because I try to keep, <laughs> I try to keep the you know the the f bombs absolutely zero on our Sunday program because we try to try to show a little bit of professionalism that everybody right. can listen to. This program right here, I don't fucking care. <laughs> and I you know I hope you're not offended by that, but if you drop an f bomb, it's fine. I don't I don't care, but not offended uh, by the least. I can assure you. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Because this is—I mean, it just—it means a lot for me to be relaxed with with a fan, and I think that by not restricting them on what they really want to feel, I like I I love Brian and everything, but he he on his program he goes he goes above and beyond in my opinion. But I still love the guy. He's a great great dude, great dude. And I'll have him on again, and I'll even yeah. put more explicit you know labels on it but i will still have that guy back because he's he's a good guy to talk to and those guys do you know they know their hockey him and him and his uh, co uh, co-pilot paul do a great job so um yeah i'm way off topic tonight <laughs> no problem hey um you know what is good topic though is beer um i Always am topic. i know i know and and it's it's the the cornerstone of this of the show, and I seem to always forget talking about it. But I got my regular porch rocker. It's the summertime, folks. I will change probably in the spring to something different. But uh, Ian, what do you what do you partaking in tonight? Uh, I got two separate things here. I have uh, both local breweries here. I I enjoy the local stuff. I have uh, one called Free Dive, which is an IPA from a Coppertail Brewery. They're really, really delicious if you're in the area. I'm not sure how far they distribute, so may or not be able to find anything like that up in your area, but it's very delicious here. Then my next one is a uh, from Cigar City Brewery, another local Tampa brewery, and they do distribute, I believe, as far up as you guys. So if you're ever curious, check them out. You might be able to find them in some uh, liquor stores or something. I definitely will. Uh, we have... Um... Uh, craft beer store here in Amesbury that I go to quite often, and, and just a, a nice range of, uh, of flavors from uh, predominantly around the East Coast. But I've seen <laughs> I've seen stuff go all the way down to I think Georgia, so it might even go further. Who knows? But um, nice. yeah, I forgot to tell you the, the name of this one, so you can check it out. It's uh, it's actually called Florida Cracker that I'm drinking. <laughs> it's uh, the Belgian White Ale. Oh, I like I like a good Belgian. I do too. I'm a big fan of. I like Belgians. I like. I'm a big fan of wheat beers. Yep. Yeah. I, um. Have you ever? Well, this is probably a little north for you, but it's actually brewed in Portland, Maine. It's called Allagash. Have you ever heard of it? I have not. If you have a chance to get a hold of some of that, that's that's a really good uh, Belgian beer. It sounds good. My my favorite beer is probably uh, from Coppertail, but they don't sell it in stores. It's only at the place. It's called Wheat Stroke, and it's. Absolutely delicious. Nice. Yeah, I'm a big IPA fan. We have uh, two local brew. Well, actually, there's probably like three or four, but I just I haven't really gotten to them. But the yeah. bigger the bigger ones are. Um, oh, I don't even remember the breweries. <laughs> yeah, and we have a lot down here. There's a ton down in Florida. 
Yeah, well, that's what one of our uh, teammates, Thomas Nystrom, uh, he's he's uh, one of the administrators on the on the on the uh, podcast and uh, website team. Uh, was down in Tennessee for a while, and that's oh. all he said was was their breweries everywhere, and that's probably yeah. one of the reasons why he got into the business when he came um, back up to uh, the Connecticut area. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, they got a. There's a ton in Denver too. I think it's just a big exploding market, microbreweries. So. Yep, sure is. Yeah, uh, Bearwolf, Bearwolf Brewery and Amesbury are really good, and um, uh, Sylvaticus is another great, nice. great brewery in town here, and they uh, tremendous job. Um, yeah, they sell the four packs, but you, you know, for sixteen dollars, you get four beers that are good size freaking cans, and. Um, like oh, some, tall boys. Yeah, some of them are freaking like nine point threes. Yeah, <laughs> you, I mean, I get three and a half down, and I'm practically on my freaking studio floor. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's very good, very good stuff. I'm a big fan of the craft beers. But when it when it comes to programs like this, I don't want to keep. I don't want to, you know, pass out at the wheel here. <laughs> yeah, probably not to be a good idea. Right. We're like, hey, uh, Mark, Mark, you there? Mm. You there, buddy? Yeah. Uh, Somebody sends me a fucking phone call on my iPhone to wake my ass up. <laughs> you have an eight-hour podcast with six hours of story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that ought to get the ratings really good. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> um, what, what are your expectations for 2018-19? Uh, uh, kind of like you said, you know, consistency. I'd like to see some of our young guys develop a little bit more assuming they're all still in the system and not traded away at some point. I, I have a, an inkling that somebody like Heinen or Bjork will get traded. Not that I want them to, but just to free up a spot and kind of maybe get something else that we might need. My biggest thought right now is I'm worried about that right wing on either first or second line, depending on where they put boss or not, because all the guys that they are rumored to like get slotted in are all left shot guys, which they can play the off wing, but you usually expect them to get a, a right-hand shot on that right side. So I'm, I've been thinking about that almost constantly, who they're going to plug in over there. But uh, I'd like to see, obviously, make the playoffs as a given. That's, that's a requirement. Um, I'd love to see us get past the second round this time. Um, I don't think it's a cup or bust year yet. I don't think we're at that point. I think we still got time to keep pushing up and up. Um, but, yeah, it, as long as we give competitive effort, we can make it past that second round. That'd be great. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, any progression to, you know, in the next level or beyond is it, that's just gonna be a bonus. And like I've said so many times on either this show or the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast that, you know, when you when you get a structure like this, when you when you're Don Sweeney, you're sitting in his chair and you're making all the decisions and you're drafting these young players and you you know you you pretty much, you know replenishing the the prospect pool and and developing well and building a winner is it takes a lot more time than just a year and Mm -hmm. i I, like i said so many times before i i I believe in patience so i like i said i'm not a rah-rah guy i don't call a cup during the beginning of the year or or mid-season if they're playing well i just i want to see them make it and see how far they go with it because you know this is an 82 game gap in between the start of the, the season and the playoffs, as you're well aware mm-hmm. of, that this still has to be done. It still has to be chemistry made. 
you still have to be, you know, feel good about each other and feel good about the goal that you commit to on a yearly basis. And, yep. you know, even though that goal in the locker room and so on is the Stanley Cup, the realistic of, of everything is, is it, let's just take a step at a time and reevaluate after that. Because you're, you're a professional organization. These are the things you have to do. And, and panicking, in my opinion, is just not something you, you do on a regular in situations like this. You could be the best team in the league. You could have the most awesome players anyone else has. Or you could be the worst team in the league. You still have to have that competitive edge. So, most definitely, you know that, that's and kind of, kind of me in a I, nutshell. When I when I just when I think about this team and where I go, I'm more interested in seeing how the science is built, whether it be math and analytics and and all this science that's going on these days, or it's just flat out scout, speak and and guide. You know. Yeah. I'm sure it's a mix of the two of them, you know what I mean? I'm sure there's the guys diving into all the numbers. But I bet you if you've got a scout that's adamant enough about somebody from what they saw from them, regardless of what his stats say, you got to take that into consideration too. You can't just ignore it. Yeah. There's there's so much in the – I don't know how those guys do it, those scouts. It, it blows my mind how they can see what these guys even have a potential to become when they're so young. <laughs> it's very impressive to me. I always – that's one thing. No matter how much hockey or baseball I watch, I can never do that. I just don't have the, the foresight to see. Oh man, this kid's gonna be good one day. It's it's hard to like project that. You know what I mean? Oh, I do. I do. And and bringing in a little bit of baseball talk into this hockey podcast is I like the way that baseball. I'm not a huge baseball guy, honestly. I, uh, I wasn't even going to bring it up because I know you're not. So I, I not. It's so, hard not to, though, this year with the Red Sox. Right. <laughs> but uh, I'm just, more or less, I'm just thinking about minor development and, mm-hmm. and, and, and the levels that they have. I mean, are you big into baseball? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, so, I, so I grew you, up and had a minor league stadium. So I used to go to, it was cheaper to go to a baseball game than see a movie. So we used to go all the time after school or whatever. So what, le- what level of play was that? Uh, it was actually a uh, rookie league, it was a uh, single A Gulf Coast League. Okay, so uh, is that like the uh, lowest of the low, or was that like it's, mid? It's like the second lowest one out of like the six different. So there's like entry level, and then there's that, and then there's like uh, double, single, triple, and then and single, then there's high single, wow. and then there's double and triple. There's so many levels for baseball; it's crazy. So there's like six or seven, right? Yeah. I think it's five or six. Yeah, so that's still. I mean, hockey's got. Are those considered pro leagues? Uh, they're professional, but they're they're very low paying, and they're very you never hear about these guys unless they're like big time prospects. So like some of the big draft picks will skip right past the rookie. It's the yeah. rookie level minor league, right? Basically, they call it right. Gulf Coast League. So, well, pretty much what I'm trying to get at, and in, in, in the long sense, is is I wish that hockey was similar to that. I wish that the 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 leagues would spend a little money. Build um, a minor system up. I mean, the American Hockey League is is really good hockey. The East Coast Hockey League is decent hockey, but it just doesn't grab me to go. It grabs me because in Atlanta, there's a possibly a, a Bruins prospect down there. Like the last two seasons, Dan Vladar was down there. So, of course, I spent the ridiculous 100 and some odd dollars to get the East Coast Hockey League TV and watch his games. Mm-hmm. So... I'm thinking it's like, why not go 
maybe two more levels below the East Coast League. And that way you can, and I know there's a roster minimum and blah, 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 what you can have for contracts. I think it's 50, correct? Yeah, I think it's 50 or 53. Uh, I'm actually not sure. I've not looked into that before. But, um, you know, if you could do that, like you said, you could go through these leagues and, like, rise up who you want. Like, okay, this guy is down there doing this and that. Let's bring him up to the AHL see what he does in a couple games. If he lights it up, look consistency. So you can juggle your prospects like that. And it, it, it almost reminds me of what the Toronto Maple Leafs um, have done with the um, Solar Bears down in Orlando. Because their East Coast Hockey League team is actually pretty damn good. It's because they have a, you know, they they have a plethora of, of prospects that they're just juggling between the A and the uh, and the uh, and the East Coast League. So I'd like to see the Bruins do something like that. So and I don't know, I don't I don't know if how hard because the entry level deals you'd have to sign them. It's just it would require so much work. But I would love yeah. to see something like that because. Like you said, you could just pick, 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 and just—it's amazing. Yeah, it's there's—it's crazy how many levels there are for baseball. But I mean, I don't think I can't see that many working out for hockey, just because I think there's a smaller player base, at least as of now. Maybe eventually they can branch out, at least add another one, maybe. But uh, it—it's just nuts. I think we have three ECHL teams down in Florida. If I think about it, none of yeah. them are super close to me, unfortunately, though. Right. The closest, I do have the, I'm like seven miles from the Tampa practice arena, though. Yeah, how was that? Um, <laughs> how was you that know, in May? Uh, it's not bad. Uh, for the most part, the Tampa fans I have run into here have been pretty awesome. Um, I think they're a much better fan base than the Panthers, for instance. I grew up on the East Coast, so that was like the closer team. And you never saw people in Panthers gear ever anywhere. You didn't see bumper stickers. You didn't see anything. But over here, you see a lot of that. You see lightning guys getting repped year-round. Even after they just lose, you know, people don't hide their stuff. They're still big-time supporters over here. I was pretty impressed with that, actually, when I moved here. I was pretty surprised. See, that's interesting. Um, so, yeah, so cool. Well, from what, I, from what I read and I researched, that the Sunrise Arena is predominantly funded and they do a profit sharing with all their tenants so now they they do they have the miami heat uh no actually uh miami heat play somewhere else i think last i checked i think they're it's just hockey there and then like events they do a lot of like uh concerts and stuff like that yeah it's huge for concerts i heard it was like one of the world world leaders in arena like ticket sales and it's a it's it's a pretty nice arena. I like going there. I actually the B and T Center. Yep. I actually, when I go to hockey games and the Bruins come to town, I actually usually drive down there and go. Oh, that's awesome! I bet um, your tickets are available. Tickets are dirt cheap, like embarrassingly cheap. Where do you sit? Like, uh, I usually sit in the upper bowl just because I'm cheap. <laughs> well, how much? How, money. how much is a cheap? How much is a cheap seat up there? Fifteen bucks. Oh my god! Are you serious? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think. Last year I went to a game with my friend. He lives down there, so it's convenient. I used to go stay at his place, so we both go to the game or whatever. I think I spent nine dollars per ticket. That's terrible. You know, it was even if the freaking Bruins, even if the Bruins were really bad, 
<laughs> a balcony yeah, seat exactly. would still be like fifty or sixty dollars up you know, here. And I feel bad for the Panthers. They're they're not a bad team. They're fun to watch. They all they're always fun to watch. Even when they're not a good team, they're always fun to watch. Right. But Florida fans for sports in general are just not really that great. Florida's a huge, huge, huge football yeah. state. Oh yeah. You have so many college teams and everything. We have so many sports teams here. It's insane. So I really, I don't know if it's and it's not just hockey. They're just as bad as baseball over here. The Tampa Bay Rays. They never have anybody at their stinking stadium, and it sucks. I feel bad for them. Yeah. Um, they're actually trying to move the stadium because part of the problem is the stadium's actually in St. Pete, and driving over to St. Pete to see a game's awful. Really? But oh yeah. So, but the Lightning do sell well, and they're in downtown, which is where they want to move the baseball stadium. So I don't think it's going to happen. But I, I love going to Lightning games. They're fun. They they definitely draw a crowd there. Um, tickets are can be pretty expensive compared to what I'm used to, obviously, down here. They're probably cheap compared to Boston still. But I think to sit up top, it's still forty, like almost 40 bucks here versus 15 down in uh, Sunrise. So it's a big difference. Well, regardless of ticket prices, wherever you are in Florida, what do you think about the Atlantic Division it's and uh, what and what everybody else has done like like for instance um the Tampa Bay Lightning the Panthers have made some moves they, I mean obviously yeah. they could be a little better than they were last year they could mm-hmm. be that and, fringe playoff team but then Buffalo and yeah. then Toronto uh, mm-hmm. uh I think Buffalo definitely lucked out with uh, getting Skinner I think that's a huge upgrade for them but I'm still not worried about them to be honest with you it's Buffalo <laughs> <laughs> They're one of those teams that they always play you tough, but at the end of the day, they never seem to get anywhere. Yep. Um, I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> uh, need to have at least a couple easy guys in the division, right? Exactly. Um, Florida, Ottawa. <laughs> yeah. Florida, I'm more worried about than a lot of people are. Florida finished the year off last year really good. Yeah. They, they and, went on a nice little I was, run. I was at that game where they beat us towards the end of the season, and I was bummed. Was that was that Luongo's thousandth game? It was, and we got like a cool little poster for it being his thousandth game that they handed out for free to everybody, which is kind of neat. I actually watched um, that on the NHL Network last night. Yeah. I was like, I wonder if that was the thousandth game, and that was it. Yep. Yeah, I was. I didn't even know it was his thousandth game. It was just I was like, I'm burning through town. I'm going. Oh, looking. <laughs> that's awesome. And it happened. I was like, oh man, that's cool. Cause yeah, I, they lost three to two, right? Uh, yeah, it was close, but yeah, it was a it was a tough loss. Uh, it was actually my first. Bruins game I've gone to that they've lost. They've won every other game I've been at. How many have you gone to? I try to go to at least one a year, uh, or at least a couple. Yep. I try to go to one there, one here, um, depending on when it is during the week, if I can get off from work and all that stuff. So you're, so you're like a dozen and one, right? Yeah. it's That's a pretty good damn games. record, man. Yeah. If I you're doing an average of over 10 games, that's a damn good record. Yeah, right? I just need to move to Boston and go to all the games there. I, guess, I, right? I know, right? <laughs> if you're going to make if you're making that much money, you can move up here. You can take me too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Wish. <laughs> um yeah, it's, uh, it's it's cool that we have two teams here cuz then the Bruins come down to the state four times, so I I can almost always get at least one or two games in, which is tough in other places. It was tough to go see them when I lived in Denver. And they do those when they do those Florida trips. They they do those Tampa Bay and then Miami's and then they're <laughs> then they're gone. So, I mean, sometimes you get lucky um, with uh, three games and four nights down in the Florida area. But yep. um, 
Yeah, it must be. Uh, you must watch the schedule uh, very closely and, and, and the wallet, too. Yep. Oh, yeah. I always check it as soon as it comes out to see what I can try to work out. That's awesome. I'm thinking about. See, I don't go to many Bruins games because I don't. I don't obviously make a ton of money. And same here. That's you why know, I go down south because it's cheap. Yeah, exactly. But you know, we, we get by, but we just don't have a. I wish I could afford uh, season tickets. I wish I could afford uh, half, but it's just it's just not in the dice. So, you know, what, what me and my wife do a lot is we just either grab some beers and stay home and watch the game, or we go out yep. and. Have a couple drinks with friends and watch the game. We 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 find things to do to 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 really enjoy the games and uh, and to be around people as much as we want to be, you know, with the seventeen five sixty five every night. We can't do that. Yep. So, um, but we make the best of it. And when we do go, it's a really special time, you know. And and yep. when it's really cool is when I get tickets from my boss or I get tickets from a listener. Uh, or I get tickets from a listener that owns a certain ice cream stand. It's it's even, you know what I mean? It's really cool. I mean, people just reach you've been out. Plugging, you've been plugging them a lot lately. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. He's a nice guy. He's a real nice guy. You know what I mean? I mean, I've never had that happen to me in the in the three years that I've been doing any of these podcasts. I just have somebody say, hey, I can't make it. Would you like to go? I'm like, sure. And then you find, out, awesome. what, and then you yeah. find out what game it is. Yeah. I was like, it was a Montreal game. Oh, nice! Yeah. Although they're kind of like our uh, our practice games. It seemed like we destroyed them this year. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And the game I went to, it was it was good. They beat, they beat them up pretty good. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. It, it, question for you then. Here we go. What do you think about the rivalries now? Do you think you still got a rivalry with with Montreal, or is that has that changed with the um, increasingly better um, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs? Absolutely. I mean, we'll always have a, a rivalry with Montreal just because of who they are and what they've done to us in the past. But right now, it's the Toronto games are just bigger. They're bigger games. You don't. I'm not worried about facing Montreal right now. I'm not at all. To me, when I see Montreal, I'm like, that's almost a guaranteed win. And until they get better, which I don't see happening real soon. Toronto, though, it's like, oh man, I gotta watch this game. This is gonna be a crazy game, and you know it's gonna be a crazy game. Exactly. I mean, especially all, those, all the games against Toronto have been so fun to watch we we beat each other up that first se- that first playoff series that they had when 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 Bergeron scored the overtime winning goal and 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 pretty much marched from there to a I believe it was a Stanley mm-hmm. Cup appearance against Chicago wasn't that the year uh, 2013 yeah uh, yeah I think it was that one I could be that wrong was... don't no, at me don't it. at me if I'm wrong but I'm just thinking <laughs> Um, I think we beat them in a game seven for 2011 too, didn't we? Oh, I'm not sure about that. That goes back a little further I, than I need to. Like, I don't remember all the teams we faced. To be honest, I'm terrible about remembering that stuff. But but for, for me, we had for me to get back on topic. For me, the 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 Toronto and Boston games really stepped it up after that one when Bergeron won it. And I mean, oh yeah, I mean coming from behind like that. I mean, the wife went to bed. She's like they're out of the playoffs, you know. And I love her, and I, I love her to death. And I know I know she doesn't give up, but it was late, and we we do get up yep. at five o'clock in the morning. But anyway, I'm just like I gotta stay up. Yep. And oh, I, I was so glad I did. But you know what I was doing? When I was I was going in there waking her up too. <laughs> I'm like, let's just go again. <laughs> One of my favorite things to do is watch. There's a video on YouTube. 
it's like a Toronto viewing party in somebody's basement. Oh, I think I saw that. Oh my god! And they're like cheering and celebrating at like four one when we were down. <laughs> yeah. And then like every goal, the first goal, they're like, "Ah, no big deal. We're still up too." And then another goal, and you start seeing them like there's a little bit of worry on their face. And then they tie it, and they're like, "Oh my god, are you kidding me?" Yeah. And then they score the game winning goal, and they just freak out. They lose it. <laughs> it's just so fun to watch that. I love it. It's one every, of my favorite things of all time. Every time, if every you're ever feeling down in the dumps, look up that video. It's amazing. You know. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Every time the Bruins play the uh, the Maple Leafs and the and the Bruins win, fortunately, um, especially in the playoffs and and those views like you're talking about, one view of my favorite is when they do the outs outside with the big screens oh, yeah. and so on. <laughs> so I, I, I keep I keep saying this. So when they when they pan out and watch everybody holding their holding their hands to their mouths and they're chewing their fingernails and so on, yep. and then Bergeron scored and you just see their face, I love the thought that I can hear Court Lalon, co-host of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, going, "Ha ha!" <laughs> the only voice in Toronto, the only voice in Toronto is Courts. <laughs> You see all these solemn looks, and all of a sudden, in the background, they're trying to hear them. <laughs> oh, God. I feel for that guy, man. I really do. I mean, oh, this, he said that this, in the past discussions, he said that there's this classy uh, Maple Leafs fans, and there's just outright asses. So That's every fan base. It, it, I know, I know. but <laughs> I, I've had compliments from people at stadiums saying I've been the best Bruins fan they've ever met when I'm at, at, their, at their barn. Yeah. But at the same time, I've had people down south throw ice at me just because I'm wearing a Bruins jersey. So. Oh, really? That's and then we kinda... the crap out of them, and it was great. That was fun. <laughs> I love it. I was, I was hot, though. I'll admit I was not happy. I was like, I'm going to knock this guy out. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I don't appreciate people throwing shit at me either. It was uncalled for. I was like, dude, I'm not even being a jerk over here. I'm trying to be. I try to be respectful when I'm in these other stadiums. I know it's their hometown. I'm not going to rub it in their face if I'm beating them. Yeah, but don't throw stuff at me because then I'll rub it in your face. Yeah, exactly. I was like, it's too bad your team doesn't play as good as you throw ice, buddy. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, what else can we talk about? Um, I'm curious. So who do you think is going to be our right winger on the right side for either Krejci or Bergeron's line, depending on where Pasternak sits at. We've hit, we've hit on this uh, a lot recently, just in small segments, but I'll, I'll talk, I'm willing to talk again. I, I really, really think that it would be beneficial for for Pasternak to drop down to that second line with Krejci and, and DeBrusque. I fully, fully agree with you. Cause, but well, you might not agree with when I'm, who, I'm, who I'm thinking about could see some time on the first line. I'll give you a chance. Let's hear it. I think it could be Heinen. I, I don't have a problem with Heinen. I love Heinen. I think he's great. I think I'm, he did taper off towards the end of the year a bit. I'm just... But it, he was, in a, he's it, my gut. In no professional um, opinion from me at all, it's just spitballing. And, and, and going off of... I, I like Joey Mack. I think he's a good writer. He writes for The Athletic. And, and he wrote a, a very interesting article... Uh, it, it wasn't even related to the shift, but he, in the comments, I was re- reading the comments, and he was just going down saying that he believes Heinen, Heinen, Heinen could get a really serious chance. Whether he stays there, it's up to him. I really hope he doesn't do that 12 games where he had no points in in his first 12 NHL games and then get sent down. 
I hope that doesn't happen. But I mean, if he gets some consistency, I like I like what he brought to the table last year and in the playoffs. I think he could be a good fit there for for Berge and Marshy. And I, I and, and I don't buy into the whole countryman thing. I just think that every time I saw uh, when Cassidy or um, Claude Julian were forced to shuffle lines, I think that 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 Krejci and Pasternak worked well. And then now you add the element of Jake DeBrusque in his year. You know, and there's so many people in that I could I could place up on that right side. I mean, there's probably two or three, but. You know, in, in a line when there's not much room, there's a lot. You know, yeah, and and absolutely. I mean, you could see Bjork up there, mm-hmm. y- even though I, 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 I don't know why. I'd rather see him on the left side. Well, I think he's left-handed. I think right. I mean, he's just. Are, right? I mean, he might be good on his off wing, but I don't know. I I, I haven't really seen it. Yeah. I saw a lot. Um, he was doing a lot of movement in in the NCAA. So, but that that's part of development. And even though he's still developing in the NHL level right now, I don't I'm not sure if all this shuffling could do anything for him. Right. It's tough to get a gauge on Bjork. It's we didn't see enough of him to know what he's really going to bring, you know. It's un- that unfortunate injury to the shoulder last year is kind of like I don't want to I don't really want to throw him into the fire so to speak and throw him up on that on that line. Right. Uh, I kind of wanted to get him. He didn't have enough game time, I don't think, to really be ready for it. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to throw off his development by throwing him down in the third third wow. line. You know, it's, a, it's kid, a tough choice. I, I'm glad I don't have to make it. A kid of his caliber, you don't want to be putting on bottom minutes because you'll. I think you'll ruin him in yep. a confidence system. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I just. I mean, this this problem is really good to have, even though that the Bruins are not making like wacko freaking trades just for the sake of trading, you know. Like, if you think about it, for the sake of trading, that Skinner trade was for the sake of trading. I mean, I think that they uh, Carolina gave a little too much up, you know. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I like think Cliff. Like... I think Cliff Poo is a really good prospect, but yeah, uh... I think Buffalo fleeced them on that. Oh. I don't know. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's going on in Carolina? That's that's a different story. I can't even follow them to be honest. They're so far below my radar right now. It's crazy. I mean, I mean, it's almost like they're doing this. And, and I'm not, I'm spitballing. I'm I'm you know air quoting whatever. But I, I I read a lot and I watch a lot. But you know, a lot of people that get paid at a higher level to for their opinions. Are saying that it's kind of weird that he's doing this because he he's the owner is known to be one of those types that if he's not happy he's not happy and he'll just like you know throw the toys up in the air and and pout. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, is he trying to do something to be so bad that he's pretty much asked to leave the area? And if I'm not mistaken, this is all something else I heard. He's from Texas and he's an oil tycoon or in the oil thing and the whole room of freaking Houston. It's just, it's just, it's weird. I know, I know. I'm just, like I said, I I read into it a little bit too much because a lot of, you know, high Mm -hmm. profile people are are writing it. So, yeah. It's weird. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about Houston getting a, a franchise. Even if they move, I don't necessarily think that's the right move. Um, uh, to be honest, though, I don't know where it would be better to put them either. Like uh, the potential expansion for Seattle, that makes sense to me. 
Right. Because of its location. They've got a natural rival in Vancouver. Well, they're going to... Even that. They're going to talk out the conferences. I know they're talking about that's going definitely going to be an expansion. The next one is is most likely going to be. Um, oh Jesus, I'm lost. Are they for planning words. more after that? You think? I don't. I'm not sure. If, I I don't think it's a good idea with the way the salary caps roaming yeah. around three or four million dollars right now. I would wait and see if that rises to like the tens mm-hmm. to to facilitate another one. Um, but I think mo- stamp Pat after Seattle at least for a little while. I mean, I could honestly, if you're talking about relocation, that's the word I'm talking about. Oh uh, yeah, know, I'm thinking. I can see that. I'm thinking that uh, if if the NHL doesn't want to have the uh, Arizona Coyotes underneath their wing anymore, that the Arizona might be a, a, a tempting place to go. They already have the arena, and they have an arena that holds a lot of people. Hmm. And and Houston does have a huge uh, metro. They have like. Almost four point five million in the metro area. Gotcha. I could see that. That to me seems more likely than moving Carolina there. Right. Because Houston's it's too far west to be in the east for sure. And if they're going to add Seattle, you can't move another team to the west. Uh, let's bring it back to the Bruins. Um, who do you see, whether it be young, trade, or a player right now that could fit on that third line center? There's so many options. See? Uh, Crazy. I, I know this might sound nuts, but I really think uh, Sean Corrales is going to be a big guy pushing for that spot. I think he wants it. I think he he knows what he's got to do to get it. And I, I give him right now, he's my pick. I, th- I see him taking that spot. He's got to earn it for sure. He's not going to be handed it. But I think he's got the he's got the talent, I think, to get it. I'm, um, with, I'm with you. Yeah, other than that, I know a lot of people are just saying, oh, you got to keep him on the fourth line, which, you know, he was great on the fourth line. I don't have a problem with that. That but, speed. Oh, that speed. Oh, he's. I think he's got more than what he showed. Yep. So I, I could definitely see him moving up. Outside of him, uh, I see JFK getting a chance at that. Um, other than that, I haven't seen any of the other guys enough to even give a guess. Like, I know I've seen some rumors that even uh, – Stadnika could be ready to push up into that potentially, but I haven't well, seen him play. So there's a possibility. Stadnika is a possibility. He's 19 years old, mm-hmm. so he'd either have to make the team for the first nine games and then evaluate, or they bring him back to uh, his junior team in Oshawa. Yeah, because he can't go to the AHL. So if if that if that doesn't happen, which I I, I kind of hope it does, I really want to see him one more season. Uh, with the generals in the Ontario mm-hmm. Hockey League, and then we'll insert them properly when we can make the facilitate a little more moves. People to pot, make room for them. Yep. Um, uh, there's no, there's no reason to rush him at this point. I don't think. Right. So, and and by no means am I ranking my player over Stadnika, but because of his age. And because he does have any AHL games under his belt, not many. And because I saw him a lot in, in two seasons at Wisconsin, mm-hmm. I really like Trent Frederick. I think that oh, yeah. I think that this kid could really surprise some people this summer and really surprise the uh, the Bruins brass uh, during rookie camp, the prospect challenge, and uh, NHL training camp. I, I think that he's, I mean, there's going to, I'm not going to say he's a lock. I'm not going to say that he's one of two. There's there's going to be 
four or five people that are going to be vying for that spot. So they're all going to be in, in, in the prize pool trying to, trying to get the, the ultimate goal. And I'm not going to say it's 100% he gets it. But I would love to see that uh, out of him because I just he's got the size, he's got the speed, he's got the hands, he's got a pro release. I just I love what Tony Granado did with him at Wisconsin for two seasons. Um, yeah, I mean, really molded him into a, a fantastic player, and mm-hmm. I think he's ready for that taste. At least you know maybe a, a string of ten games, and and if not, you know cycle through another person the revolving door is open to talent that could easily be put in there and it's early enough in october and november to figure that out where you want to go for that run after the new year into 2019 right yeah and he's the guy who doesn't seem to be afraid of the big stage no um especially what he did in the olympics um he's got a little taste of higher level than what he's been used to so i I, he's the guy that I couldn't think of the name of when I was thinking of who could move up. He's another guy that's definitely not the, a lot of stuff going on in the training camp. Not the so not was, the Olympics, the World Juniors. Oh, World Juniors, sorry. Yeah, no, no problem. Um, we have four goals. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I, no. was, I was thinking of the right game. Um, but yeah, he uh, he definitely is a guy to keep an eye out for. There's going to be a lot of competition, I think, this year in training camp. There's so you, be a lot of stuff going on. When you brought up JFK, see, uh, here's my theory on J, on JFK, is he, he could taste a little bit of the NHL, but I think he might do that to showcase. I think he might be the one that gets moved. Yeah. I, possible. I, I feel like somebody's, at this point, someone's going to have to get moved. And he's, if, to me, it makes sense. When you look at CatFriendly.com, he's got one, and, and, and by no means am I downgrading this player or discrediting him at all as a prospect. He is a fantastic player. There's there's a reason why they call him the mini Bergeron, and I know I've said this in the previous podcast, but I just think that he might be that value chip that might be that leverage that could bring a right winger that we need here that we can sign for a long term, um, whether it be... I know it's probably not going to be Panarin, but... If you if you're looking at rumors and gauging what you could get, that's that's where you're going. I mean, I mean, throw JFK in there and see what you can do because mm-hmm. he's just in that window of everybody else getting paid that he could. I mean, your your cap could run into a little problem, right? So McAvoy, JFK, Devrosk, I think Heinen, Carlo. Mm-hmm. I think there's like there's, six or seven of guys. I mean, one of them's going to have to go. You can't pay everybody. Yeah, and that's that's a crazy. That's why I, I actually think uh, either Heinen, Bjork, or Granato, one of those guys I can see being traded before the season starts. I don't right. want any of them to go, but I can right. see it happening depending on what they get back. I'm I'm I'm, I'm I used to be such a uh, so high on prospects. I used to like hold them like they were my own children, but <laughs> because we didn't, Ian, we didn't have any back in the day. When Shirelli yeah. was here, it was giving them away like they were candy. And yep. one of the reasons why Cam Neely was saying that we're sprinkling, you know, talent all over the league was because of deals like that. Yep. I mean, it, that, that potentially got those deals and those players that were sacrificed potentially got you a 2011 Stanley Cup. 
which is fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? But when you want to get mm-hmm. cre- consistency and creativity, you need to keep those players and keep going. The yep. prospect pool cannot be dried up with and, and, and 19 players full of AHL contracts. That's, it's just that's not going to work. Absolutely. Yeah, so. I mean, especially you look at how many prospects we have. There's so many of them. Yeah, and, a lot of good and, ones. And there's there's a part of me that's like, I mean, these guys deserve a chance. You don't want to bury them in the minors for their whole careers. They need the they need the blossom. They're ready to go. So but, where we can fit them in, we should. I don't have a problem with trading some of them. I mean, as long as it makes us better. Uh, obviously, I don't want to trade them just to trade them. That'd be ridiculous. But yep. There's there's a ton of value there. There's guys that just don't have spots. They're not going to have spots. Um, I mean, but at the same time, you got to look at our future successors. You can't like. I mean, obviously Bergeron's still playing at a very high level, but at his age, you never know when that could start to taper off. He might be good another three years. Maybe it's only two. Maybe it's six. You never know. Yeah. I know, so he's, I, I know he's on the contract for a while. I mean, for yeah. at least three or four more seasons. I don't have Cap Friendly up right now, but... Yeah. I mean, I, I've been telling people on, on the Twitter and, and Facebook and even at work, I mean... Bergeron, because he's such a good player and he's so loved in this in this city, might be the only one left from the 2011 um, core that is around if the Bruins even make the Stanley Cup Finals again or win it. Yeah, that's very possible. You know, I mean, he's he's going to be here the rest of his career. If they if they trade him off somehow, I would be so mad at them for that. Right. <laughs> I. I don't mind him eventually moving down, obviously. He's not going to be a first-line center forever. But, of course, I said the same thing for Chara, and there he is still in the first pair. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I love Bergeron. He's always been one how of can, my favorite how players. How can you not? I mean, that guy just, he's such a he class, right. absolute class act. Um, on and off the ice, he's just he's one of those human beings that every franchise should have. Everyone, and I'm yep. sure they do. I'm sure they do, but they I don't recognize them as much as I do with Patrice because the guy's got a heart of gold since day one. He was he was yep. meant to be a Bruin, whether and, and regardless if he was born in, in in a Canadian backyard, you know this guy was meant to be a Bruin. Yep, hey, I've got two I've got two Bruins jerseys, and they both have Bergeron on the back. Nice. Uh, are they are they different styles? Yeah, I've got a home and an away. Nice. See, that's. True fan right there. Uh, yeah, I, he's he'll probably always be my favorite player. I do have a Bergeron. I bought myself and the wife one, but I also have my Rask, and um, I bought Courtney a Sagan one, and then shortly after he got traded, so figures right. That was like three hundred dollars that was wasted, but Oof. yeah. Hey, right. he was a he was a good player for us. I know he wasn't what everybody wanted him to be. I know a lot of people were hard on him for not being tough in the corners and stuff, but he was a young kid still. Right. You know, you know what I love about the wife is is she's like, don't buy me any jerseys of new players because they don't stick <laughs> around. She's like, yeah. do me a favor, get me retired people or Bergeron because he'll be here forever. <laughs> I'm like, deal. Another, another guy I could see here being forever is Marshan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a pain he's, in the ass, but he's my absolutely. pain in the ass. Exactly, and he's he's a great player. He's a phenomenal player. So crafty, so, so cr- yeah, so skilled. I mean, the guy can stop on a dime, and it, I mean his puck possession numbers yep. are just absolutely crazy. And when him and Bergeron are together, 
Um, at any time. You never know what could happen. It doesn't matter if it's shorthanded. So crazy how they can find each they other. always can do something. You yeah. can't look away when those guys are on the ice. You can't even blink when those guys are on the ice. What do you think the goaltending is going to be like this year? Think uh, I, do you think Toots is going to be... Um, I am not a Rask hater at all, and I know many, many people know that. I'm sure that you aren't. Yeah, not at all. Okay. I love that guy. I do too. Big fan. Always been a big fan, even though he wasn't even a Bruin. I was a big fan of Rask when he was still in the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, when, over in Europe as, as their property. So mm-hmm. my, my, my scouting for him or my evaluation for him started when, when he was immediately drafted by the Maple Leafs. So it was very exciting for him to come here, especially for Andrew Raycroft. Oh, my God. Oh, that, was, that was so a, that was amazing. Best trades the Bruins have ever made. <laughs> right. I usually want to jump out my window in anger, but I want to jump out my window in, in happiness when I, when I saw that. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. But his, yeah, his, buddy, his buddy is going away. Um. Hudobin is gone. The, 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 Hudobin was a funny guy. He was a locker yep. room guy. Obviously, things just didn't work out, and immediately the Bruins wanted to go in a different direction. Yep. Now, do you think that this could do something to his confidence? Do you think that Rask might be that prima donna that, oh, you took my buddy away, we'll see what we'll do, we'll see, you know, uh, kind of... I don't know. I don't want to go that way, but do you think that it could be a confidence, uh, not a confidence builder, having Halak back, uh, back him up? Uh, I don't think it's going to hurt. Uh, Rask is too much of a professional to let something like that stop him. You know what I mean? He's had plenty of different backups. Um, Rask is going to go out there and do his job. Um, he's, I know he's had a couple of years where he wasn't as good as people expect out of him, but you got to remember those two couple years we our defense wasn't as good as we were used to either exactly we went from having one of the best defenses then all of a sudden we didn't and it was a it was a big change took a little getting used to um this year our defense is getting better and no surprise rest numbers overall started getting better as well is it um yeah let me let me bother you i mean interrupt you really quick yeah is it funny how we talk about the trends of of scoring and and scoring is up defense is down yeah (laughs) isn't it weird that when the defense is really bad, the the team's like scoring. But when the when the scoring is really bad, the defense is the best in the league. Yeah, it's weird how that seems <laughs> to happen. We, so, can't be on, we can't find that sweet spot. It's so messed up. It's it's like oh my god. I go through the stats on um, NHL.com and a few other websites, and I just I look at that roller coaster. And I'm like, what the hell? And and you can still see all the players that are still involved in those years. It's like they really didn't change. But anyway, yeah, back to your point. It's very strange. Yeah, it's. I mean, I feel like now that the uh, now that the defense is improving again, it kind of went past that lull that it had. Uh, Rast numbers and all of our goalies' numbers are going up. It's there's so much. I, I hate judging a goalie based on their save percentage and stuff like that. There's so many more things to pay attention to. It's yeah, look at the quality of the chances, stuff like that. Yeah, sometimes you might only get twenty shots, but maybe they're twenty quality shots versus forty crappy shots from the outside. Right. It's it's t- it's really tough. Goalie's the hardest one to judge. Um, a lot of times, people love Kadobin because he's always making these crazy diving stops. But and you don't see Tuka doing that. But he's he's in position. He doesn't need to do crazy diving stops. Yeah, <laughs> that's why Tuka is like six three, six four. Yeah, and Hudobin's five ten. 
Yep. I mean, he definitely had his struggles early in the year. No one can deny that. He wouldn't deny that. Um, and people harp on him so bad, but he never once, even during that tough time, was a bad teammate. He was always the first guy out on the ice congratulating Kadobin on a good game. Yep. So uh, he's he's a true pro. I don't think any goalie is going to stop him from being a true pro. I think uh, I think Halak's going to be an upgrade for us too. Uh, he's a good goalie. He's very overworked with the Islanders, and I think his numbers suffer because of that. And I think with a better defense in front of him, he's going to be a lot better. That's what I was going to say. I mean, I mean, you 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 had a defense, an Islanders defense with Boychuk that was pretty much not there at all last season. Yeah. Um, they really didn't have any anybody step up on that defense to really show him or, or to prove that they were that he could be a better goaltender. Even though that I don't believe in stuff like that, you know what I mean. I think you should play your game to the best of your ability. Never mind how others are doing it. Even though it's a team, I, I believe in the individual effort, you know. But yeah, I I, I think that Halak can come in here and 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 possibly do the same thing that. That Hudobin did too, and and I know I said this before, but you know if 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 Halak is allowed uh, the leash to go three or four or five games in a little stretch, if if Tuka's not playing well, you let him go because I believe that uh, that Rask really benefited from being, you know, knocked down a peg or two. Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, and and that set, that set him off to that that year from November to the end of the year, that was just a, I mean, 35 and five. Mm-hmm. He went, I believe, don't quote me on the numbers, but that, that was, that's ridiculous. That was an unbelievable run. That yeah. was insane to watch. And he was making all, he was making all the routine saves and then extra doing some crazy diving saves when he had to, he did all so much. He had a few behind the back stick saves this year. Love those. Incredible. Love those. Oh, it's, you look at those and you're like, how did he do that? How is that even humanly possible? How can anybody twist? I know. <laughs> focus on the puck still. I, it blows my mind. Yeah, it's, it should I, be I've interesting. I've always been a Rask fan, but he, while well, he definitely, in the beginning of the year, he was rough. He was, there was a couple of games he was tough to watch, but he, oh. he strained it out. Yep. Just like any other player does, you know, if you're. you're Every player's got those if times. You're, of, those they struggle. Moments. They struggle. Yeah. Like I was telling, like I was telling Anastasia uh, uh, last week when she was on the program. Um, I, I, I used to be a drummer, so they used to blame shit on me all the time because that's where it went. <laughs> I'm the last line of defense as in a band. Rask is the last line of defense uh, in an NHL uh, roster, so yep. it, uh, shit flows downhill. I was uh, I was a goalie on a soccer team as a kid, as a backup goalie, I should say. I was not the main guy, and I played in one game for the season, and I let in the tying goal. And that feeling, I never want to feel again. I never played goal again. <laughs> I I remember playing. I remember playing youth soccer here in Amesbury a long time ago. And it's, I remember. I mean, it's. The same I remember as my hockey in that sense. I remember my mother walking me to the thing. She's like, "You're gonna be the goalie," and I was like, and I looked down at the end of the field, and I was like, "That doesn't look so bad." <laughs> but then, <laughs> but then, then, yeah, then I started walking. And I'm like, "Oh shit." <laughs> I get closer Man. and closer. And I'm like, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah, it was that was. I never want that feeling again. I can never be a goalie in hockey or anything. There's just so much pressure. Yeah. Oh, hey, especially, I'll tell you something. Especially I, when a guy's in and alone on you, and you've got no one else to help you. That's just you and him. I know. There's just such a helpless feeling. I can't imagine doing that as a career. 
I'd give anything to have it back. I mean, I didn't play professional hockey, but if I could play net again, oh, I'd love it. My knees and back a toast. Yeah, I can imagine. But that's from that's yeah. from that's from playing for like thirty years in three different leagues. I yep. play I played ice, I played inline, and I played deck hockey. Nice. I've embarrassingly enough never ice skated before. It's my favorite. Oh, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that over inline or deck hockey because deck hockey you're running. Inline, uh, inline is your your maneuverability is so tough because it's not like ice. You're not sliding. You 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 pretty much have to put your skate in a certain direction to move. You know. I'm terrible at that too. Yeah. <laughs> right. My hand-eye coordination isn't very good, but on the ice. I, I was just really good lateral smooth movements, you know. I really enjoyed it, but I mean, I still I haven't played in a couple of months because I got injured. But I play forward now, and okay. I I love playing right wing. That's I am, a big difference. I am a power forward, and it shows because every time I cross the blue line, I hug the I go along the right side boards, and I curl in towards the the net. Either I give it a pass or I try to crash the net even further. But every time I do it, I I, I trip over my own feet and fall down pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, my God, you had that power move going forward until you blew it at the end. I'm like, gee, thanks yeah, a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's when your eyes get wide. You start focusing on something else besides uh, your skate. Yeah, you had the Michael Jordan tongue. You're feeling the moment. You know what I mean? <laughs> You just you're doing your crossovers, and all of a sudden your blade hits the top tip top of your other toe, and you're like, <gasps> "Yep." I, and believe it or not, it happened two weeks in a row, and I got. Ah, uh, that's rough. I believe I got my bell wrong both times. Yikes. Oh yeah, yeah. Hitting the ice, hitting your head on the ice is not good. No, not a yeah, good feeling. But, um, geez, we've been rocking it for over an hour now. It's easy to talk Bruins. It is. It is. That's why uh, this whole beers and Bruins thing, it's like you just sit back and just enjoy it, and then all of a sudden the time goes by. You got anything you want to discuss? Because I'm up for uh, a couple more minutes. Other than that, so what do you think of our fourth line going to be? Let's assume that Corrali gets that third line center. Do you think it's going to be Achari, Wagner, who else do you see on that line? Uh, honestly, it, 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 now that the Bruins have Wagner in the plans, I think that he's definitely going to be on that fourth line. And I think he's going to bring a lot of speed. I saw a lot of videos that were timing him on the uh, ability of speed, like Connor McDavid. I mean, he's got that kind of caliber. Uh, I'm not, not the hands. The hand he def- definitely doesn't have. But he does have right. the legs. I think he could be that intimidator, not in a fighting sense, but that guy that it can – Ruin your afternoon by laying a big hit and taking the freaking puck away from you. Um, I think he's going to definitely be on the fourth line. My whole thing is, uh, you know, me and the prospects, is if they didn't bring on Wagner, I really wanted to see Ryan Fitzgerald get that spot. Mm-hmm. But apparently that, that might have to wait another year. So yeah. with Wagner here for at least two more years... Yeah, I think it's going to be the fourth line right wing. So that would oh, mean, so? A, uh, yeah, I would say Achari would be the fir- the fourth line center. Okay. And uh, who else am I thinking of? Who could play left? 
I originally pictured those two with Anton Bleed was my first popped in my head. Yeah, I'm not a Bleed guy. No. I, 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 I like to... hitting like a truck. Oh, yeah. I just oh, yeah. pictured all three of those guys just absolutely demolishing people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He ran but... over like Johnny Gaudreau. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think who who originally plays on that line now. Uh, well, it was Schaller before he left. Yeah, I, I know, but... Oh, shit. So I, <laughs> I haven't even thought of this. Yeah. Not, I... you... Hmm. Yes, I stumped you. You did. <laughs> you, with the whole bleed thing, I'm like, damn. Now I got to think of who's actually on that line. Yeah, I just—he's the guy that I first. He's uh, all the other guys are more. I feel like are more talented. Not to dump on him or anything. That sounds bad. <laughs> but he's a guy who hits what kind of what you want. He uh, he seems to play hard. Maybe he doesn't have the skill to play there. Um, maybe a guy like Jordan Swords or something. I don't know if he's left-handed or right-handed. Oh, if it matters as much for fourth line. I liked yeah. him when he was up too. Yeah, he's fast. He's a little crafty, little forward. He's and he's a tough guy too. He uh, he's right-handed, I guess. Um, but he seemed responsible enough to play up there in the big club if there was a spot for him. He's got and down in the AHL, he's he's very he's a first-line winger. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was well, the last time. That's right. He was with Debraskin. Um, um, Nebraska on the left side, Swords on the right, and and centering the line back then was uh, uh I think it was JFK. So it, I mean, he's got that capability to really light it up, but um in the in the AHL at least, um in the NHL more or less a, a third or fourth line, uh, bottom six, but still I mean he signed a two year deal, so they they believe in his in in his depth presence that he could be an asset in the AHL with the younger players that are developing and be that player if anything happens at the NHL that they can rely mm-hmm. on which is never a bad thing. I love the I oh, love yeah. I love the middle guys. I mean it, I mean so many people say, "Oh, you drafted a 7th round player and he's not in the NHL yet." It's like yeah, so but what? <laughs> you you still need sustainability in the middle of the of the, of the organization. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's just people don't get that. I mean, where would we be last year without the guys coming up to fill in? You know, right, right. it would have been toast. And even though those guys that came up and filled in most of the time didn't make anything happen in the playoffs, they at least made it to the first round. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's that's no here or there. But I, I really, I don't know. That's weird. You got me on this left <laughs> wing. I'm gonna have to send you a Facebook message later on and figure this out when I look at the roster. Yeah, if you look at current guys i don't see anything you know it's that's what i see i mean but, so let could be the, another guy that could be up there in that in that role yeah i'd rather I, see I, him higher in the in the roster though he's another guy that i feel like we're gonna probably have to trade off or something Move. just because there's not gonna be a spot for him and might as well get something from him then just let him go for nothing here in edmonton uh, really likes him yeah, I I always wanted them to succeed every time he came up, and then something always happened, some stupid little injury yeah. or something. It seemed like it was like, man, this guy can't catch a break. Um, the other th- question I got is, what do you think? Uh, you think we'll see anything from Zach Senechin this year, or think he's still further out? I don't think so. I think he's going to no. be another another year in the American Hockey League with a bigger role. I, I okay. I think with. Um, yeah, I think with the the movement that could happen, whether it be Frederick, JFK, or Corrali on that third line, and and 
like you don't want Sinishin to be a fourth line player. I'd rather have no, him. Not. I'd rather have him properly continue his develop in the AHL. Um, but Jay Leach is the Providence Bruins head coach. Yeah, I looked it up earlier, but I didn't have a good time to it. It's all right. It's all right. I just it just popped in my head. But I think Jay Leach is going to put him in the um, in a top six role on the right side and really let him. Um, spread his wings. Thing, huh? I I I want to say that I mean he's still a great prospect. Don't don't think he's a bust because he's a first first round pick and never and hasn't made first round pick in 2015 and hasn't made it to the NHL yet. There's there's ways of doing things properly, and I think that if 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 um if they could let him go and play his game because the kid can skate, he's got great yeah. hands. Not very physical. He's he, he is a player's player. He's not one of those all round players. Uh, right. All round player to me. Size on him too, though. He does, and and he continues to build size, which is which is a good thing to to know that he's that he's working on bulking up and, and being that all round player while he's doing mm-hmm. so. So, I see him still a year out, as I do with Jakob Borrell, as I do with uh, Jeremy Lawson. You know, I, I mean, I mean, everybody's gonna get their opportunity sooner. You know, think about this: if Chara is gone after next season, which I hope so, not not discrediting his career, I just think it's time to move on. Yeah. And and, and McQuaid, I think it's time for McQuaid to move on too. I think we've had enough of this. You know, yeah. th- those are two roster spots right there that are gonna be open for guys like Lozon and and Zaboral. Um, maybe even a free agent signing at the at the end of the next year when they when they have that cap space that they can go. The free agent class is so much better than this year, so yeah. I think if if the Bruins don't do well, they should really target that um, that class of uh, players that are going to be looking for contracts. So, you know, yeah, I, I really want to see these guys move up because if. The more they stay in the American Hockey League, there's more of an entry level year that's being taken away. Right. And now you're into the one year area, like like JFK, the forward. Um, you know he's going to be playing in his last year of his entry level deal. This this actually forces the team to either say we're all in on JFK, even though he's got one professional game. Or it's time to like explore an option that we have to move him and 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 believe that he might have a better opportunity elsewhere because like you said earlier this team is so full of freaking centers yeah it he, seems like every guy we've got is a center exactly so this might be the opportunity that you have to move a guy like JFK because you right. have so many and the Bruins have done this so many times you've known you know as being a fan for such a long time that this team breeds centers up the middle it seems yeah, like yeah. every time I look at Cap Friendly and I want to see where they're going to actually land up, I'm like, the dude's a center. Yeah. That dude's a center. That dude's a center. It's like, what the? You know, just put center left wing. <laughs> center right wing. To look, see where they're going to fit in. It's exactly. Like, well, they're not going to play center, so what is he? Right handed, left handed? Where's he going to go? Exactly. And, and, and most of the players, like, 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 for instance, Donato. Donato, most of his, most of his, uh, his career has been up the middle. And, and and here's another example, Spooner. You saw what happened to Ryan Spooner. Yeah. He was he was bred a center. He was developed a center. Comes to the NHL, plays center, but then right, right wing. wing. You know, it's just like 
Mm-hmm. There's just so much. I mean, sometimes it's a good thing, but sometimes it's a bad thing because there's either roster casualties because there's no room or there's cap casualties because yep. there's no space to pay anybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was what happened to Spooner. He was finally looking like he was coming into his, his own, you know. I, I thought this year he played really well before we traded him. He was he was finally using his speed to advantage and just blowing past defenses when he could, doing some creative things with the puck. But then we were going to lose him at the end of the year anyway. There was almost a guarantee for that. So All right, I, so here's my, a... here's my question to you about Ryan Spooner. If he was still a Bruin and he was uh, RFA status right now with time to negotiate – would you have given him that money? No. Exactly. I, and that's exactly what, why I didn't have a problem with him trading him. Uh, I kind of wish we would have just hung on to him for the rest of the year. I wasn't a huge fan of the Rick Nash trade. Not. Oh, my God, no. Not, not anything against him. I, I just I didn't see it as an improvement over the team. Yeah, he's tougher in the corners and he does that kind of stuff, but I thought it kind of dropped our offense a little bit, to be honest with you. I was kind of um, pissed about that first-round pick, by the I, way. Yeah, that too. It, I, the whole thing I wasn't a huge fan of. I uh, I work with a guy who's a Rangers fan, and he was like, he was like, have fun watching Rick Nash throw it right in the center of the goalie's chest or right at the boards. And sure enough, that's what he did most of the time. <laughs> and yeah. it was just like, I, he had some good games for us, and it sucks that he got injured because he did have that big game in the playoffs. But when he's battling with these concussions, concussion syndromes, it's. I think he was playing before he was ready to play again just because yeah. he wanted to be. And I, you got to love the guy's effort. He always gave it his all. You can't blame him for anything. So I, I didn't have a problem with him, but I wouldn't have done the trade personally. But I'm a couch GM. What can I say? <laughs> I love those guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I really hope the best for him. I, I was really, oh, yeah. really hoping that he'd come here and and show that he really wanted to, I know he wanted to be here, but if circumstances happen. But I was more or less that I really wanted to be explosive here, earn that maybe three-year extension, you yeah. know, kind of let, let's, you know, not a let's feel it out contract. That's a pretty much you're going to retire after this or maybe play uh-huh. one more year and do a tour or whatever. But... I just thought that he had a lot more more to offer, um, and and I thought he would address that need that you that you you know brought up about on the right side, uh, the right. size, the skill, and the experience. Uh, right now, on the right side, there's really not a lot of experience. So there's not, and I, I think if he was healthy, I'd I'd offer him a contract, not at high money, but uh, I'd give him another shot out there. He's he was a guy, he was great on the team. He did everything he was supposed to do. He just wasn't getting him in the goal, but that happens sometimes. You know, it's not like he had a huge sample size with us. Right. Uh, and the guys he's playing with are only going to make him better than what he had in New York, I think. So. Yeah, not, it, not everybody's going to, not everybody on the line is going to excel like when you play with Crosby, Malkin, or. Yeah. You I know, mean, these, these crazy guys that. Tavares that just make everybody better when you when you're standing next to him. You could you could just stand right. on the ice and you're like, oh my god, I feel great. Yeah, and I feel like Bergeron's one of those guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Better, absolutely. Krejci used to be. He's probably a little bit further past his prime, maybe not age wise, but uh, skill wise, as Bergeron is. So he doesn't have quite the same impact that he used to. But he's right. still a quality guy out there. He's still a guy you want running your second line. Um. But yeah, it's it's one of those things. I remember 
all this Panarin talk when he first got traded to Columbus. I didn't think he was going to do anything for them. I thought it was, I thought he was absolutely a product of his system that he was in, but he proved me wrong. He was good there too. Yeah, but he's going to get ridiculous money. Yeah, and that's why I don't want to trade for him. I, if we were, if this was one of those years that's for real cup or bust, I'd say absolutely throw a bunch of prospects, get him, let's go for it. Right. But you only do that if you've got no window, and I think we do have a window. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, I I believe that we're we're still in a two to three. Two to three, two to five window of uh, of getting there. Hope so, anyway. Absolutely. I think so, as well. The only thing that I think we're going to need major upgrades for is, I do think in the next couple of years, we'll need some kind of replacement for David Krejci. Um, all the things you read about Studnika, he sounds like maybe, maybe he'll be that guy. Obviously, it's way too soon to know. Right. But I could see him needing to be place in the next couple of years for sure well, yes Danica might be that guy uh, fingers crossed that we've got that guy already in the system that'd be I know perfect. he's, so, he's not, so good so good if not I do think we've got the prospects to make a trade to get that kind of guy so I'm not too concerned about it Sweeney's done I think a really good job so far I think he'll continue to I think he's got his I think he's got his eyes in the right spot yeah yeah I'm not I'm not I'm not one of those guys that Oh, Kovalchuk went to L.A. Sweeney sucks. Oh, Tavares. I, I, I know Tavares. Tavares went to the Toronto Maple Leafs. What is he doing? Or or Skinner. Skinner yeah. to Buffalo. Oh my God, I hate this GM. You know, I was never big on Skinner either. I know he's a good player, but I didn't really care about getting him. And Kovalchuk, what's it been five years since he's been in the NHL? Yeah. He's a selfish you have no player. Idea what... He's a selfish player. Yeah, you have no idea what he's going to do, and he's already proven once that he's going to quit on his team the first chance that he's not happy with anything. Exactly. So I don't want that guy on my team. He's not going to be good for us. Maybe he'll have a good year. Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll go back to the KHL in a week. I don't know. It's I don't LA, like that. LA's problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was so relieved when I saw that he signed. I remember reading the headline, Kovalchuk signs. I was like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And it was like, LA, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I did not want him at all. I, I do like that Sweeney met with him, you know. Yeah, you gotta explore but, all options. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You can't like I like I said a couple podcasts ago that the, the the opportunity to sit with John Tavares is a learning thing for this Bruins organization. Scott Bradley, uh, head scout, Don Sweeney, um, anybody in management that had the opportunity to sit down with John Tavares learned a lot that day, and I think that all oh, yeah. that. All of what they learned can be brought into free agent signings next uh, July 1st when this team needs to address certain needs if they need to, if they want to explore that option. You know, they can sit at that table with the experience of sitting down next to one of the National Hockey League's best men up the middle. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, you know, take that experience, you go in there, and you wow these people. You make them want to come to Boston. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no more excuses the Bruins have their training facility now. They moved from the dump. They moved. They went to the to, to the to the Warrior. I mean, this organ. There's a new arena. I mean, Boston's awesome. You know, this is a place where people should want to come all the time. Make that uh, shit happen. Yeah, exactly. And it sounded like Tavares' heart was always in it going to Toronto. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, I, can, and, I can respect that. Yeah, and me too. I mean, if if I lived in Boston and and I was drafted by the Vancouver Canucks 
If I had the chance to come back to Boston, I'd absolutely take it. Even though I would know the pressure that Jimmy Hayes was going mm-hmm. was going through and 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 for Toronto because the the home the you know the New England hometown yeah. mentality you know what I mean it's, it's funny you point that out because I always think that like when I play these games on the PlayStation or whatever I'm like oh man I got drafted I'm drafted by Toronto in one of my seasons actually and I just quit <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh, I'm gonna make a new character nice I can't uh, I can't work like, with Brendan Shanahan I'm out. <laughs> Sometimes I'll like simulate the first. Oh wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Was this was this during the Lou Lamorello era that you just uh, quit? Was, no, I was like. Uh, Did you not think that your agent game. would have leverage on on Lou Polo? <laughs> I just didn't, I just didn't want to be in that blue uniform. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I uh, I was like, oh god, I can't help them win. Uh, yeah, and it's like I always think about that. It's like I would absolutely want to play for you know Bruin, Red Sox, whatever it is you know I, I like Boston for all the sports so it's like I would absolutely give them a discount to play for them I wouldn't tell them that I would make it seem like I'm any other guy right and then I want a million dollars a year with a five dollar five million dollar bonus yeah who cares whatever <laughs> yeah. I, once, once you get past the couple millions that these guys make it's like do I really need more money than that exactly I don't know but I've never been in that situation you can't blame a guy for wanting what he's worth either yeah, no, no kidding. Well, Ian, we've uh, we've talked for an hour and a half. I can't believe that it actually went by that fast. Always hopefully, a pleasure. Hopefully, it was entertaining. Most definitely. I, I I hope to have you on again when there's when there's a lot more going on and we can we can really dive into some more stuff. So if you're available, I'd love to have you back. Yeah, no problem. Next time, I'll make sure I have more beer. I ran out like 45 minutes ago. I'm nervous. I still got <laughs> half of one. I brought three up to the office. Uh, I only had two, so. The wife, the wife won't allow me to have a refrigerator up here yet. <laughs> she's like, Small actually, I, actually, she's like, when, when the podcast and the website stop paying really good, then you can have the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, I guess I'm walking. Um, <laughs> uh, are, you, are you on Twitter at all? I have one, but honestly, I never go on it. Okay. Maybe once every like four months. Well, you can. Uh, I just I'm on Facebook for the most part. I'm in the go on Black and Gold Bruins page. Yeah, that's our page, baby. Woo! I'm one of the admins on one of the pages. I don't know if it's the same one. Nice. Nice. Well, uh, his name is Ian Kelly. He's a he's a longtime Bruins fan from the uh, Sunshine State. See, I knew I'd get it. Yeah, there you go. Got it. <laughs> uh, give him a follow on Facebook if you'd like. And uh, we'll definitely have you back on. Ian, thank you so much for the time tonight and 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 your willingness to do this with a couple of days' notice. Hey, anytime, man. It's I'm really, really, free. really badass because I love talking hockey and I love having some beers. So this is this was a perfect time. And, and what a way to come on and, and, and talk about some craft beers down in Florida. I really enjoyed that and, and uh, the labels that you were drinking. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like I said, I'm always willing to hop on here so a lot of times i'll be listening to you guys and someone will say something i'm gonna want to chime in but i can't so i'm like dang it <laughs> well here's What's your on, here's your opportunity man if you want to get something out of your chest send me an email send me a uh, message and we'll get you on i'm still in pg podcast mode too i keep saying things like dang it, instead of shit <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> all right Ian. thanks again uh and everybody out there thank you very much for listening this is uh episode four uh in partnership with uh, primetime sports talk uh at primetimesportstalk.com website check them out um give us a follow and please remember that this podcast is on the black and gold hockey 
podcast platform. So we did not change anything. We're putting two shows on the same platform. So we appreciate anything, any reviews, ratings that we can get. Please do it on Apple iTunes and any other podcast catcher out there. Uh, thank you so much. We really appreciate it, and um, can't wait to Sunday. I'll be talking to a Bruins fan that's been listening to us since day one on the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast from Japan. He's a very well-known serviceman and loves our stuff and wants to sit down and have a couple drinks. I'm not sure what they drink in Japan, but I will have the appropriate beer in the United States. Yeah, right? I hope so. Don't squirt that from way over here. Hey, have you ever gone to one one of those sushi bars or whatever they call those hibachis? Uh, yeah, we got a few down here. Do you ever pretty do good. one of the sake shots? I have not. Actually. Uh, that was never th- had th- it. those are pretty funny. They shoot a stream like across the bar, and you got to catch it in your mouth. It, it can make uh, a huge mess, but it's pretty funny when other people do it. But <laughs> but anyway, I will talk soon. Take care, everybody. <laughs>